So today on the podcast, we have Jim Bray. He's a Canadian Motorsports Hall of Famer. Uh, he's raced in multiple Daytona 500s, a bunch of NASCAR races from the early 60s all the way up into the 70s. Uh, he's currently a team owner in the NASCAR Pinty Series. He's 89 years old. He's going to be 90 in February, and he's still flying his plane and running his business. Enjoy. When did racing start for you? Racing we'll started yeah. in in '52. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you like bought you bought a you you were selling. I bought a me rough old car from Jim Hellahan, and then we built a car that never had a contending car. The car I had it was a, just an engine out of a '44 dump truck. That's what we used for for power. <laughs> and it was a '34 Ford. You '35 and '34 okay. for the first race through, then a '35 Ford. Yep. And uh, um, actually, I still have a picture of that in my office. And where and where was that? Pine Crest Speedway, okay. yeah, and yeah. Again, for people who don't know, that was that was Toronto or just north of the city now. Yeah, but you were telling me before that that did you race at the CNE? No, I never is, raced at the CNE. So but was a but track I did a, I did downtown a, Toronto. I, I did a lap in, in, uh, in it when they were building it with my dump truck because we were hauling this colas mix in, which didn't work out well. So after the first few races, they repaved it with hot hot asphalt, so you could race. Um, uh, Tuesdays and uh, and uh, Fridays at the CNE, and Wednesday and Saturday at Pinecrest. You could race four nights a week, and if you lived in the west suburbs of Toronto, the, the long haul would have been to Pinecrest, like half an hour, forty-five minutes. And and uh, I, I didn't realize that at the time I was in the trucking business, I should have just forgot about the trucking and gone racing because. A $500 car would be a top contending car. Right. And uh, What and, would it pay to win? Well, at Pinecrest, it paid, uh, they had three heats and two concies. They paid 40, 30, 20, and 10. Okay. And then the feature paid $100 down to $10, I think, for 10th for finish. But you had to finish. Right. Now, the CNE paid because they had huge crowds. Mm. Uh, so the CNE paid probably three times, twice as much. You had to have more car and a little tougher competition. And uh, and the CNE, they were affiliated with NASCAR. Right. So, uh, um, And what year was this when they were running six, the CNE? Uh, 52. Okay. And uh, people don't, people say there was only one uh, Grand National Cup race in Toronto in 1958, but uh, there were they raced every year and a couple of times twice a year from 52 on, but it was the NASCAR Grand National Short Track Division. Right. They had two divisions. And uh, uh, so uh, it was, re you, you could make a living in those days, like say five, $600 for a car. Then, and, uh, you know, you tried to make $40 a day gross with your truck. Mm. While uh, if you want a heat or a concy, at Pinecrest, you got forty dollars. Wow! And 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 you're and uh, you know you just bought a a, a drum of fuel for eleven hundred dollars for the last race. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Three dollars would buy the gas to take you to the track and home, and gas for the race car for the night. Wow! Three, and and no no back gate. So Three did you did you see you uh, did you see the economics of it at the time? I didn't time? at the time. Okay. No, never never. It didn't at the time. So you just loved racing. Well, we just like you wanted to race. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I raced off and on from there till until uh, a couple of years I didn't race at all, and then uh, and then in, in well, I went in the car business and I did pretty well in the car business as a car salesman. So I was mm -hmm. going to buy another race car. And uh, 
Uh, I was talking to Howard Purdy. He had a modified he was going to sell, and uh, uh, with, coincidentally, an engine in it that was in a, the first Grand National car, convertible car that I bought that I didn't race. And uh, But he wanted a couple of thousand, I think, for it or something like that. And uh, and I could buy a, a, a Sprite, a 58-stock Sprite sports car for the same money. So I thought that I thought that the supers were not safe enough, so I, I bought this Sprite and raced it four or five times. But sports cars didn't pay any money, right? So, uh, so I was in the first official race at at Mosport, which was but a it, USAC event. Well, no, the first official race oh. in sports cars in in sixty one. Sixty one. Yeah, so you were it, in that race. Yeah, I, I was in the. I was in the first race, which was the race for Class H and so on. They ran a whole bunch of races that. that okay, not the one that Heimrath won. Uh, no, Heimrath didn't win. Uh, Sterling Moss won it. Sterling Moss won. Oh, Heimrath was just in it. Uh, he might have been in it. Okay. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and I can remember standing in line, and I'd bought because I was raising sports cars. I bought a uh, might have been Cooper or Dunlop, I forget which, a driving uniform okay. that somebody in in. Uh, Clarkson was selling, and that's what Moss was wearing. So I remember standing in line to get a hamburger, and uh, and uh, I see this guy a little bit ahead of me. He's got the same kind of driving suit. I wonder where he bought it, and, and black curly hair. Yeah. And uh, then it was Moss standing <laughs> in line to so to get a hamburger before get, the yeah, race. Yeah, yeah. He, they, he didn't ask for anything special. And then uh, when we were practicing, everybody practiced together. Here I am with a sprite. The fastest spot of the racetrack with a sprite, a stock sprite, was turn four. Because you go downhill. You go 100 100 miles an hour going downhill. (laughs) And I see Moss in my mirror. So as you come up over to the the right-hand corner for for turn five, I just stayed a little bit wide. And he went by and gave me the famous Moss wave. He he either gave you the wave for thanks a lot or he gave you the wave, I'm better than you, I just passed you, depending on what the situation was. Certainly. He he was famous for that. uh, So so what... When uh, well, I, then the next year when yeah. I I got the so uh, the next year I my best friend in racing a guy called Rex White he's the oldest national champion in auto racing still alive and uh, he's ninety two I guess or three and uh, he was the national champion in nineteen sixty okay and, and, we, and national champion of what a NASCAR okay national okay yeah and uh, and then the next year he was second to Ned Jarrett and he got Ned Jarrett his ride. And, and 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 Ned won one race and Rex won six, but he they had different points for big races in those days, so he he didn't win the championship. But anyhow, so I bought this '60 Ford, and uh, uh, that and I, as you probably know, I still have the car. Fletcher did a bit of work on the chassis when we were rebuilding it, not a replica, yep. the actual car. I have that restored now. That finished ninth in the first World 600. And it led 11 laps, I think it was, in the uh, in the first uh, f- fall race at Charlotte. Okay. Larry Frank was driving it. And, and you were the owner at the time, or no? Uh, yeah, I, I bought it, and uh, and. Uh, so what was what was the what was the mindset to go become a team owner or buy a, a Bush? It was a well, Bush car. Well, I was a, it was a Cup car. They, the, they had Sportsman and Modifieds, and uh, and. Uh, and uh, that sometimes they had a modified sportsman race was for modifieds and sportsmen together right. with a little separate purse, and uh, and then the Grand National, and uh, uh, being a car salesman, you work every night and so on. I thought I can't run 
local races at all. If you're going to run locally, you you got to run a lot, right? And and you got to try to run up front. If you're running around Grand National, to me, it's like, like if you're playing hockey on a Thursday night uh, and you're on the ice a lot and you do pretty well, or you. Uh, uh, American League or in the NHL and you sit on the bench most of the time, which would you rather do? I think I would just as soon play in the NHL and sit on the bench as as being a goal scorer on, on Wednesday and Thursday nights. Got it. So that's what I did. And uh, uh, so so I, I ran the car in some USAC races and some uh, Mark, which became ARCA. Okay. Some midways, uh, and and, uh, and then, uh, then I took the car to Daytona for the modified sportsman race it was a sportsman car most of the cars were modifieds i was the second fastest sportsman with i think eight laps of practice on three-year-old tires okay and the fastest guy i i didn't realize I mean, it wouldn't have mattered i could have, i could have easily picked up a mile an hour and that would have made me uh, uh the this the sportsman record holder as it was the rainy charland who practiced for a week he was a mile an hour quicker than i was but i was a stock but and that car when i got it and i took it to atlanta to get it inspected the year before and uh and uh you had to pull the heads off and check the, your deck height mm. so they said your your car's not legal what do you mean and and i had a, a receipt from the people i bought it from saying the car was legal and so on and every and uh so I went to the guy that had built the car. He was working for a, ba- a battery company then. And I, he said, didn't they tell you what s- cylinder to, to check? I said, no. He said, well, I took 20,000 off off the block. So then I took 20,000 off the top of one piston. So he said, you check that piston. The deck clearance was okay. He said, where's the carburetor? I said, they've got, you've got another problem. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so anyhow, that was that was at, at last. But, so and, they, you didn't get to run that race? Yeah, you, and, well, they got rained out. Okay. So then I flat-towed it to Richmond, and then uh, and then two weeks later, and it got rained out again. Then the week after that, they run in Richmond. And what do you mean flat-towed it? Like a, with, on a towed, straight bar? Towed, towed it with a bar, with a, with, a, with a car, with my demonstrator, yeah. So you, you literally uh, everybody put... Everybody did, put, everybody. Really? If you look at, at a 1961... There's a picture of Nelson Stacy who he won the 1961, uh, I think it was World 600 or Southern 500, one or the other, shows the car, and you can see the brackets on the front bumper for hooking the tow bar on. Wow. Uh, Holman Moody flat-towed forever. Yeah. And uh, um, so, uh, yeah, I flat-towed to California with the car I bought from From Rex. here, from, from Ontario? Well, from, from Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so I go to Daytona, and... Uh, and and I had I I, the, I advertised it in the, the National Speed Sport News and a, a monthly paper that I wanted to sell the car. A guy from a place called Kite Georgia called me and uh, said he's interested in the car. So uh, I paid two thousand for it, ran it a year, and sold it for, to him for eleven hundred. And then he gave me the remains back twenty years later. And then twenty years after that, we rebuilt it. But anyhow. Uh, uh, to try to get a little, you, you don't know what you're doing, you know, as far as speed, because there was a lot of cars there. Right. So I wanted to make the race. So I, uh, I, 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 took, I thought maybe it get a little more speed. I took the fan off. Okay. So then we went out to qualify, and I ran 144.3, which is okay. And what I, track was this at? That Daytona. Okay. And uh, uh, like I say, I was second fastest sportsman, but uh, 30th, I think, overall. Right. So... Uh, uh, I I forgot to put the fan on. Biederman came down by bus, and then uh, 
he, I got him in the pits with me in the garage here, and he helped me. I forgot to put the fan back on. So you go out to start three, you're sitting on pit road forever, the engine running and so on, yeah. and it got hot. So I, I tried cooling it down in the rain, it wouldn't cool it. So I finally I finally parked it. So and what year was that? That was 63. Okay. So then I, I say, say I took it up the next day to the guy in Georgia and, and sold it to him. Yep. And uh, 20 years later, my son and I were going south. And he said, I wonder how Michonne's doing. So we went over to a guy called Michonne Townsend. And... Uh, uh, we went over to see him, and the remains of the car was laying out by his barn. No way. So he he's I'll give it to you. So he gave it to me. So then, the next year uh, year we went down. And I bought the floater and the front hubs and covers off him, and uh, and then tw- twenty years later, we my son had a lot to do with it. But it, the way he phrased it, we got to get this car rebuilt while you're still alive. Yeah. So we know how to do it right. Yeah. The car is it is very nice. Right on. Very nice. Yeah. Jack Roach, when he saw it, he loved it. In fact, somebody said to me, did Jack Roach buy that car off you? I said, what are you talking about? The car's not for sale. How would you know? Oh, he said, people, in, this is a guy with children, his engine builder. He said, people in NASCAR know everybody's business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, so, so did you, uh, that was, sorry, you said 62 or 63? 63 at Daytona. And, and you that, raced and, it and you made the race? Well, yeah. And that's, and, and that's when the car overheated, so I, yep. didn't, I didn't run. Didn't finish f- it. I, no, I finished. I ran a hundred lap, hundred miles, I think. So you were just trying to do those big races. Well, I, I went to Daytona. Oh, in Daytona, in 62, I was one of the top 50 Ford salesmen in Canada, and I won the won an award. They had a they had a due for the Professional Salesman's Club in Dearborn the same weekend as the race. So there were there were 49 salesmen showed up at De, at Dearborn, and I was in Daytona racing, but luckily racing a Ford. Yep. Yeah. So uh, uh, then later on in the year, I bought a car from Rex. Uh, I, I should have bought a Ford because Chevrolet got out of reach. There are no spare parts, all kinds of stuff for Ford. Right. But anyhow, I bought the Chev, and I ran it somewhat. And then I and was it one of his old cars? His, his yeah, '62 Bel Air. So it was a good car. Uh, it was in '62, but by '63 and four, it was okay. Get, you know, the 427 Fords were out and so on, and it was, and and it was obsolete. They they got obsolete very quickly in those mm-hmm. days. So, uh, uh, I, I say I flat towed it to. Uh, oh, I went to. Uh, uh, I, I went to Langhorn, which is a very famous one-mile dirt track, with the Ford, okay. and then the next year in a USAC race with the Chevrolet. Because me being nobody, NASCAR and USAC, they didn't care. You know, if I was a top guy, you you couldn't go from one circuit to another. Hmm. So, in, in so in '63, I'm, I'm I go and and my son, who who was uh, Danny, the guy that was born the same day as Terry, he was. Uh, what would he be, like six years old, I guess, at the time? And uh, he said, uh, he said, AJ's going to be there. And I said, have you been reading my Speed Sport news? And he said, yeah. And uh, so he said, maybe. Which AJ? AJ a, 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 a Foyt. Yeah. yeah the only yeah. AJ. Yeah. And uh, really, yeah. And uh, so, uh, um, so the race got rained out. Not rained out, but rained and shortened. Mm. So everybody, everything's covered in mud. And I looked, and he was long gone. Yeah. So I'm driving up the interstate and I reach in my pocket and pull out a piece of scrap paper and then he's got a don't forget about Foyt. So that was the we ran we ran a bit after that. So then in January of the next year I decided to go to Riverside. Okay. So uh so uh 
Danny says, uh, now he's, he's seven years old now. He said, uh, AJ's going to be there. He's driving Banjo's car. That's Banjo Matthews. Mm. You were reading my National Speech Part News again. So I went through all my stuff, and I found out an old Dominion store receipt. And on the back of it says, don't forget about Foyt. So, and, and what does he mean? You're, this was your son wrote this. Yeah, these. to get a picture of, oh, of him with my car or, okay. or, or me with his car, whatever. You know, get a picture get for a him. Get a picture, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so uh, we, uh, it was a kind of a tragic thing in a way. I talked to Joe Weatherly the day before the qualifying got rained out, and, uh, and uh, um, he, had to, he normally he wore saddle shoes and a pair of lowers. I said, where's your shoes? He said, my mom gives me a new pair of shoes every year for Christmas and they were little tighties, but I'll be wearing them tomorrow. The next day he was killed. And a national time. champion, two two times national champion and leading the points again. Oh geez. And uh, and and when they got him out of the car you could see the saddle shoes. But anyhow, so I found this scrap of paper. So I looked around there was Foyt in those days, you know, we didn't have the internet and so on. So Cell phones the first and, thing you do yeah. is you you get on the payphone and you phone home to say what happened and I'm going such and such. So when he comes out I I told him he said he lied to me. He said, we're not going to race forever. He raced forever after that. You know, <laughs> if, and that was in 60, 64. And, uh, and he said, we like to have things like that. So he said, could you put your, your address on there and I'll do something rather than a picture. I said, okay. So do I something gave, for your son. Yeah, yeah. So I gave it to him. I, I get home later and I said, I couldn't do anything. I said, I said to my wife, I said something about our conversation, but I said, the next weekend he was racing sprint cars in Phoenix and who knows what with a scrap of paper. A few days later, a big brown manila envelope comes and it was, and it was Dolliver Street in Houston, Texas, but, but no name. Okay. See, if it had his name, people in the post office would have been opening it up. Right. And he went to Danny Bain, his address and so on. So. So Dan comes home from school. By now he's like, what is he, six years or seven years old. I said, uh, there's mail for you. He said, what do you mean mail for me? He said, what is it? I said, it's a, it's a, it's a federal law. You can't open somebody else's mail, so you mm-hmm. have to open the mail. Oh, okay. So he opened it up, and it was uh, to Danny from AJ, a picture of his 63 Indy 500 car. So Danny still has that picture, and... Years and years and years later, I found the envelope somewhere, and I gave him the envelope. See, he still has the envelope as well. Oh, and, and so NASCAR called me and asked me if I'd please go to Daytona for the 500. They were short of cars. And I said, the cars weren't, please, we'll pay you starting money even if you don't make the race. And was this, what, 64? In 64. Okay, yeah. So I took, I went, to, uh, as soon as I got there, I'm walking in the garage area, and there's AJ over there. He looks over, he smiles, and says, everything all right? I said, AJ, I said, you were a hero to my kids before. I said, you'll, you'll uh, be a hero for life. And, yeah. and you know, and I only know the good sides of AJ. He was little. He didn't suffer fools gladly, but I'm going to have the same problem. So if, he, if anybody, especially if it's news reporter, anybody's stupid, he didn't respond well. But other than that, AJ was a great, great, still is a great guy. Yeah. And, right. uh, um, uh, so how did so you're thinking about these races in that they paid a decent amount of money well, or it, I got it, to be in the big show? They they, they it, it paid uh, like that Riverside race. Uh, the the car wasn't really competitive, but we finished I think 18th or something okay. like that, 16th, 18th, somewhere in through there. Ran out of gas twice. Oh, <laughs> and uh, and 
uh, a guy called Nick Rampling. I don't know if you know Nick Rampling. No. He's a local guy. Again, another one of the guys, not a lot of education, but one of the smartest people I've ever met. And he had a paint a body shop. He still restores old cars. And uh, uh, he went with me. And so rather than by, by me buying two licenses and him, well, he's shown as the car owner, mm. and uh, which we still do that, you know. So... Uh, <laughs> Um, so, uh, he, he, he was with me and, and the day after the race, forget the guy's name. He became president of NASCAR one or Daytona, one or the other famous football guy. He managed the, the Riverside track and, uh, he walked by and he looked down and he saw the Ontario plates and he said, uh, you got a long way to go, haven't you? And I said, yeah. He said, well, here, this will help you. And he gave me a $50 bill, $50 at Riverside, California paid for the gas to tow the car back to the east. Right. $50 would pay for the gas. Right. Because the gas was like 28 cents a gallon or 25 cents a gallon. You got 15 or 18 miles to the gallon. So yep. <laughs> it was crazy. So anyhow, so we, uh, 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 the the car had cracked. He had the Magnaflux and the car had cracked spindles and hubs. So I had to get a, some uh, stuff that didn't match. Mm. So I couldn't really run the car. So I qualified it and then ran a few laps in the, in the qualifying race and in the 500 and it paid big money then $725 to start to start the race and 100 to start the, so so 825 which was big money in those days right yeah for a car that you bought for $2000 and then Rex sold it uh later a month or so later for me for $1800 so it cost me 200 bucks to own the car for a dozen races. Right. Dollars were different in those days. And Rex was the champion. Rex in, that White is the national champion, cup year? champion in 1960. So was he still running those in those days in 64 with you? Uh, no, he 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 kind of when GM got out of the racing, he got a Mer, um, uh, he got a Mercury deal through Bud Moore because they're both in Spartanburg. And you've probably heard of my reputation for up, upset about inaccuracies in history and stuff. Mm. So. I was at the uh, Hall of Fame um, deal a few years ago, and there was a guy there, and he had a car that was supposedly was was Fireball Roberts' a 63 and a half a cup car or 64, 63 and a half cup car, and uh, that and it, he got it from Wendell Scott. It was never a car that that he drove. I get upset about saying that. So so then he says, and he says, and I've got the 63 Mercury that Parnelli Jones uh, set the record going up Pikes Peak on Labor Day. Uh, uh, on July the 4th weekend in 1963. I said, oh, do you? I said, where'd you get that car? He said, from Crawford, uh, 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 Curtis Clements. No, not Clement, Curtis uh, uh, Schreider, I think his name is. Okay. Crawford Schreider. So uh, I said, oh, is that right? So uh, I, I, the, all the guys were all standing there in a group. I called Rex. And I said, Rex, when you sold the 63 Mercury, who did you sell it to? He said, I sold it to Curtis Kreider. I said, oh, okay, thanks a lot. I said, it's funny that, that it would be really difficult for Parnelli to run up Pikes Peak uh, that day and set the track record in the car that, that you now have when Rex was racing it at, at Daytona in the firecracker race the same day. Uh -huh. So he looked at while he said, be even more interesting to have a car that Rex owned. <laughs> so, you know, so he I have I have problem with with accuracies like that. You know, that right. twenty two car was never involved with uh, with uh, Fireball Roberts. Right. But and, and yeah, so people get 
they appreciate in a way and they get upset in a way when I, I say that ain't the way it happened. You well, know, you know, it's so things only happen one way. So. Yeah, yeah. History is not a, a history is not a prose deal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. So during that time, they convince you to come down and run the 64 race. Do you have aspirations to be a cup, a cup driver full time or to make a I, living well, racing? I, I, I had thought about it, but there's a few reasons why I didn't. First of all, I had I had the three and then four little kids, mm. and uh, and California would have been really the only place to go to in the states at that time. And uh, in in what sense? Uh, environment uh, to uh, move to. You mean? Well, well, uh, I wouldn't bring my kids up in a racist area, mm. and uh, and the, in south, the south south was still United States is still racist, but but it was it was much more visible in those days i see and uh um so uh i uh i and, and the educational systems weren't as good and uh and at that time the labor rate at home in moody for working on race cars was uh six dollars an hour so mind you if you had two guys working on the car it was 12 but anyhow my, uh, people people working in the mills and so on they make making you know thirty dollars a week and stuff like that I was. I made that one year. I made ten grand selling cars for a Ford dealership. Right. So, but that. But it's. It was mainly the the environment of the of the uh, the racism and stuff like that. In this in the south, you didn't want to well, live, live down it, there. The, yeah, and and if you're going to go racing, you had to go NASCAR. Yeah. Uh, if you went USAC, or you, you probably wouldn't live very long because they were very dangerous. Right. And uh, and 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 financially as well, but. Uh, so you had to live in Spartanburg or maybe Sharp Spartanburg really at that time or or so uh, and I was invited to the, the, you know so uh, 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 like the next year I went down at '65 I went down to Daytona and uh, Bobby Johns got the Fireball Roberts ride in the Ford and he and his dad had a Pontiac deal the previous and then the GM got out of racing so they so Shorty brought the Pontiac up and no so I helped them get it through inspection and stuff and so. He's something I could drive it. So, so Bobby didn't really know me. So he checked with a guy Slick Owens, who was the parts manager at Holman Moody. And Slick said, "Well, he'll be careful. He doesn't wreck. All I know is he he finishes and he doesn't wreck. So that was good enough for Bobby. They just want to get the car in the race anyhow. So I, I, I ran it in the '65 race. And again, they just wanted to start and park, which I did. You know, and they paid me a little bit for doing it. So. Um, Kale Yarbrough said, "Stay down and, and come and stay at my place. We eat out of the garden. You don't need any money. You can ride. You can ride to the race with me. You can do, or you got your car, whatever, and you'll get rides." I said, "I said, uh, Kale, I got mortgages and bills at home. I got to get home." Well, he said, "I'm telling you, you get away, and they'll forget about you. You have to be at the track. Mm. You're at the track, and somebody will need a driver." And I said, "I didn't do anything." He said. You drove Bobby and Shorty John's car in a Daytona 500. You can't get any better better recommendation than that. So he said, but I didn't do it. So I I went home and then I had a beef with the 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 manager that I was working for in the car dealership at that time, and I quit. And uh, so I drove down. I thought, well, maybe I will go and see if I can do something. So I drove down to Bristol. And uh, just as I was getting to tra- the tr- track, the haulers were coming out the other way. I said, what's going on? 
So uh, the track, they had a storm, and the part of the track had got washed out. Hmm. So they postponed the race for two or three months. So I just turned around and went back home, and I never never did uh, bother to do that again. Wow. But I, but it was so a guy. You were, on, you were on your way down, and you had you went to Bristol. And yeah, and it got to, rained to out. To go try and get go out a ride. See if we get a ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, or at least be seen, and then and then the rides will, like Kale said, rides will happen. Yeah. But uh, but you know, but but prior to that, in '57, I, uh, I one of the best drivers I've ever known, and he's still alive. He's in his nineties. You know, Billy Rafter from just outside of Niagara Falls. Uh, he had a Dodge, uh, and then and then a Ford uh, Grand National car, and uh, and he'd cut the top off the Dodge and made, and ran a convertible races. And there was a convertible race at Richmond in '57. So I uh, I uh, I went with him there, and and uh, uh, Glenn Wood was there with his '56 Ford convertible. Uh, uh, by himself, and his clutch was start slipping, so he wanted. To, so I helped him jack it up and put the clutch in, and then he won the race. So he told his family about that. So years later, uh, uh, one of the current Wood brothers come on. He said, "You helped Daddy in '57 at Richmond." I said, "Yeah." How would you know? He said, "We were he, talking one time at dinner. We, he mentioned about this, this race and that race, and he mentioned about you." Hmm. And uh, uh, so I was good friends with the Wood Brothers, and then the current Wood Brothers, I still am, and they introduced me to Edsel Ford, who I have a relationship with, and, uh, you know, and through racing a, a relationship of sorts with Roger Penske, and uh, you meet a lot of great people, as you know, in racing. Yep. And you and your dad, because you do a lot more than just the Pinty Series. Mm. You're racing your, the sports car stuff, yep. and you meet a lot of interesting people and, and great people. And as long as... Like I never went there. Like I'm, I'm from the, I'm a big time. I'm going to show you guys or something. I went with respect, mm. so they, so they treated me the same way. In fact, later on, Glenn Wood had, uh, and Glenn's name has two ends, and it's always spelled with one. And that I could, so stickler. Yeah, so I'm a good friends with the family, and uh, Glenn cut his hand cutting with a lawnmower once, and. He, and it took a, quite a while to heal because he was diabetic and he had a bad hip. Yeah. And he got almost to the point where he could he really he could hardly even get around with 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 crutches. And I was encouraging him to get a, get your hip. Yeah. And uh, so you had I said yeah look I can, I'm walking fine I've had both hips replaced so uh, or or maybe just one at the time I forget anyhow. So they they he finally did it, and a year later he was walking around fine. Right. So every once in a while, he, Leonard or one of the boys would say, "Really, thank you for what you did, encouraging my encouraging Glenn to get the hip." Yeah. So we're, we're so then when they won the, uh, uh, there's all kinds of stories from this. When they won the 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 Daytona 500 a few years ago with the young kid driving with uh, Bain. Bain, yeah, yeah. And yeah. who Buddy uh, Baker always called him Baines. He added an <laughs> S. Uh, uh, my son Bob, he went to the victory lane. He was in to open the gate for them to all get in. Yeah, <laughs> and I went over to the holler while uh, uh, Glenn's wife was there, and and uh, and uh, so I I was talking to her, and and she was getting phone calls and people coming over. So finally, all the Ford people, Edsel and, and the Wood Brothers, the, and the and the the current Wood Brothers as well, and uh, a guy by the name of uh, uh, Allison. Uh, he was head of Ford Racing at the time. They all come, and they're down by the by the end of the hall, and I'm up with with uh, 
with Glenn's wife. And Glenn says, that fellow down there helped me change my clutch in, the, in my car at the Richmond in 1957. <laughs> and uh, I said, uh, they all looked up. I said, Glenn, you didn't tell him the rest of the story. What's the rest of the story? I said, it was a convertible race and he won the race. And, if it, and uh, a lot of people don't realize that Ford, through, through uh, another guy, Ford gave him a 56 convertible to race. And it was a great car that Fireball Roberts had run with the number 22 on it, which was Fireball's number. So Glenn ran the same. But then when they go to a race with, when Fireball was there, they'd have to put a one in front of the other two because they, they finally got fed up with that and, and just said, let's free. We'll just keep running the 21. So, so that's how they got the 21 number. So that's how the Wood Brothers run the 21 they, numbers. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All these little stories that you, yeah. you come up with, you know, from well, being around a long time. Maybe you got to make a phone call to him because I, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, my brother calls, calls, I forget who it is, but at the Wood Brothers every once in a while about trying to get um, some Goodyear's, some Blue Dot Goodyear's from because that's what they ran. They don't have any. Okay, so Ryan's trying to restore Cobras, and he's looking for original original Goodyear tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't have any. Because okay. I'll tell you, when we restored our car, and they they have they have reproduced some cars. Okay. And uh, there's a company called uh, uh, Canapolis Caps in in in, uh, in Canapolis, North Carolina. They they we used to run retreads. In fact, when Wendell Scott won his only race, Wendell told you, you got a kick out of it that he ran recaps on Goodyear casings. And he says, Goodyear gave me money for winning the race on Goodyear tires and the recaps. Anyhow. That's unbelievable. Uh, they still have the mold for those. We didn't run slicks. They didn't run slicks in Cup till 1974 uh, or five. Okay. And uh, No, 77 maybe. And so... Uh, 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 they have the seven inch and nine inch. Well, we didn't run nine inch, we ran seven inch. I got seven inch caps. It cost me $800. They used to be $25 a cap. And, uh, and Wood Brothers got nine inch. So we were a kid, uh, and they said, Yeah, we got the wrong ones. So uh, then I said something a year or two later, Oh, well, we got the right ones now. You, right. you got the right ones initially. We now have the right ones as this well. Is to res- this is on the restored on, on the On the. Pro- I don't know it would be on the 63 and a half replica of the car that won Daytona. And, oh, and I took pictures because I was racing the, the, in the sportsman race. I took pictures uh, of the winning celebration. And the picture that they use for their, for their media stuff is not the one that NASCAR had. It was the picture I took. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we have a nice relationship with the Wood Brothers. Yeah. They're very classy uh, very classy people, right? And uh, so, when did your did you take a hiatus after that? Well, yeah. See, season? I didn't, I didn't, uh, I, I didn't do anything then from till uh, till uh, s- uh, till seventy. Uh, I didn't race at all until seventy. Th- it was seventy three, I guess. Les Covey was from Paris, and and. Uh, he raced locally, and then he raced in that series that NASCAR had with the Camaros, mm. and uh, which is where uh, uh, Childress was racing as, as well at that time. And then he got a, a, a very uncompetitive cup car, and he ran it for a, a year, hardly made a ra- any races. And then his son had some physical problems, and the best place for it was in in uh, St. Pete's area of, in Florida. So oh, he moved the down there. Yeah. So, so uh, uh, 
his wife's family had a very famous kitchen called Calico Kitchen in Paris. But anyhow, so he moved down there. So I bought everything. I bought his car, complete, gears, truck, welder, everything he had. And uh, so I went back uh, again with a non-competitive car hmm. in, uh, in in 73 and 74. And uh, uh, I, I didn't run it much in 73. And then in 74... I went to Daytona with it, but they, but they had, uh, I, I had engine problem on the truck going down. So they they were starting forty three cars, and they had I think sixty three. Wow. So I didn't make the race, and uh, but I did. I ran, I ran both the Dover races. Blew the engine in the last. It was the last race I ran was the second Dover race, and uh, and uh, ran Michigan, uh, the first Talladega race, first uh, no the first. Um, uh, Pocono race, mm. the first NASCAR Pocono race. I was in it, and uh, and uh, like like last month, broke the panhard bar. I didn't break the panhard bar. The, it it came out. The welding came out of the frame. Yep. So I was first or second car out of the race. But but that was the first NASCAR race at uh, at, at Pocono. Was it intimidating going down to some of those big tracks? No, big tracks are better. Okay. Oh yeah. If you're running on a small track, uh, <laughs> you get waxed. Well, pretty good well, there. you're in the way all the time. Yep. You know. So, uh, uh, but uh, on the big tracks, you just run your own. Even at at Dover, uh, uh, two things. Two things with Richard Petty. Stories with Richard Petty. One was, was I see him coming, so I'm I'm watching. So I I'm. I'm re- and and waiting for him to go by me. All of a sudden, he goes by me underneath me, and the exhaust is like you know. So I said to, after the race, I said, Richard, I said, you shook me up there coming off turn four. I said I was. He said I figured you're going around the outside like you would, and you went on. He said I got a good bite coming off four, and he said I went underneath you, and he says I know that you're not going to move. You're you know, because the the one thing they teach you is don't try to get out of the way. Yep. Run your line. Yep. And then they will, de- the guy passing you will decide whether he's going to go high or low. Absolutely. But, you know, like if you decide I'm going to drop down and he's already decided, you know, it, it wouldn't work out well. Right. Yeah. The other thing was that that uh, uh, after that race, uh, uh, my son goes, they just had showers like in a, in a local hockey rink today yeah. and uh, didn't have the facilities of today. And Bob, or Danny, you know, John, John was in there and have a shower getting cleaned up to get ready to drive home all night. And uh, and uh, Richard's there. And uh, Richard turns to, to, to John and he said, you know, he said, without race fans, we don't have races. He said, I will stay and sign autographs forever. Mm. But he said, when a man follows me into the shower, wants an autograph, I draw the line. <laughs> so yeah, no the guy, he was in, he was having a shower and the guy reached in and said, will you sign it? <laughs> That's a Richard Petty story. Yeah. Well, I guess you got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other Richard Petty story that Richard tells a story that he heard from me, but he tells it wrong. Oh, again, his first cup race was at, at CNU and, uh, like I said, they had the short track division, but this was a full sanctioned Grand National race, and it was his first race. Uh, he'd run a convertible race a few days before. He just turned 21. So uh, uh, my friend Rex, he led the race for the first— and they say there's never been an oval track race in NASCAR in the rain. That race started in the rain because the guy said in to Toronto. me, it says, it says rain or shine. He said, they weren't kidding. I said, no, they're not kidding. Very light rain. So anyhow, uh, and—, and uh, 
so Rex spun, and so he's back a ways, and uh, and uh, uh, Lee then is leading the race in the Olsonville, and uh, uh, Cotton Owens is trying to get around him in a big, big Pontiac, and uh, they come on, and 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 Cotton's getting by him, and uh, they catch Richard, and only he was called Dick then, and uh, for a while, and uh, and uh, so Lee puts Richard into the wall, and and that way Cotton's got to drop back, and then right. Lee went on to win the race. So uh, after the race, I said to to Lee, I said. You're kind of rough on your kid in his first race, aren't you? He said, "If you're gonna, if he's gonna be a race car driver, he needs to watch and 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 stay out of the way if somebody's coming up to lap." And I said, "Yeah, or win a race, whatever way you can, even if it means wrecking your own son." Yeah. And he just turned, gave me a look, and turned and walked away. Now, uh, uh, Richard tell Richard never heard that story till I told it once in a group that he was at, and. Uh, now he tells the story only the way he says it is Cotton was leading the race and and Daddy was trying to get by him. Cotton never led the race. Okay, <laughs> but but he tells Small that correction. story. He tells that story now, but he never heard it until he heard me. He never, he 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 was aware of what happened, sure, but he never yeah. thought about it as a story until he heard me tell the story. So right. these things go. It's interesting. You meet a lot of interesting deals, you know. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So you're you're running in the in '73 or '74 in that uncompetitive car. Yeah, and the, so then at the end of the race, at the end of the year, uh, uh, I it was going to be it was a it was a '72, so it'd be too old to run the next year. Anyhow, right. And uh, uh, I believe it's McDonald's Tobacco. They sponsored the series in Ontario. A late model series, and they sponsored the series out west. They had an ex petty car as a pace car here. They wanted an ex uh, Grand Natural or Cup car out west. Mm. So they bought the car from me. Okay. And uh, I took it to a paint shop in North Toronto and they painted it of their colors and so on. And I'd, and I just put a fresh a rebuilt engine in it after we'd blown the engine. And so I said, the guy that came to pick it up, I went, I said, now look, it's got water in it. So I said, when you leave, when you maybe go to Barry or to, for supper or something, stop and drain the water, go to a Canadian Tire and get a couple, of, get a jug of or, or two of of antifreeze and put it in it and just just fire it up and let it run for a minute. So you'll be fine. Years later, like I, when we were running in Pindy series, I think I met a guy and he said he said I still got he said I still got the the hood off that car, or the trunk, one or the other, off that car. He said when they when they changed the body on him. I said, I said, oh, is that right? And he said, I said, yeah. I said something. He said, yeah. They used a, uh, just an old 283 with a three-speed tra transmission in it for. Uh, I said, what happened to the? Oh, he said when the car got out west, the the uh, block and the radiator were cracked. <laughs> they, never, they didn't drain it. The guy never drained it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that was the end until I dealt the deal with Fletcher. Okay. Yeah. So the deal with Fletcher to uh, you. Uh, so John, who's my my crew chief, uh, had a deal and and got lost a deal together. The deal. Yeah, to run a full season of Cascar and lost the sponsor. That's right. And was selling the Cascar in '97 or '98. Uh, yeah. Well, I I said I would buy it because I said you're too good a racist to be not racing. 
And so I said, don't do it. He's, I said, no, no, no. I did it anyhow. So you bought the car from I him. bought the car. Okay. And uh, and, you, and and now you're a team owner in the yeah, Tasker series. Yeah, then I had to rent rent the engine from uh, what they call uh, 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 oh, the guy that he went down south with Roche, uh, uh, cousin, uh, um, oh, I'll remember the name okay. of that. And I rented the engine off him yep. and a couple of gears. So then when he came back up for Christmas and I bought the engine, I said, don't I get a discount for, I give him $1,000 a race, I think. Yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyhow, I bought the engine from him and, uh, and, uh, uh, and then we ran, we ran some. What inspired you to become a, a team owner in the Cascar series? Because I could afford it. Okay. <laughs> okay. And you just, and just the love for the sport. Well, yeah. And, and I thought it, 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 it it might have worked out okay financially, which it didn't. But, right. <laughs> uh, uh, so then I ran it for a few years, and uh, and then uh, uh, and then we stopped running it for a couple of years, and then uh, um, uh, through my trailer business, I and and through probably through Fletcher as well, I knew uh, uh, Neil Fair, and Neil had got a good racing. He had, he was going to sell it. same deal as I did the other time. I bought his car gears pit cart and everything mm. and uh and uh so uh uh it's funny on the pit cart because uh i know which i still have uh i was told it was the first pit cart that that uh, danny from nitro uh, built and who does all the nascar specialty stuff now and builds these hundred thousand dollar pit carts yep so i'd heard it was his pit cart so the first one he ever built so i said to him i said why don't I bring down the first pit cart you ever built and trade you and you give me a, a new one? I said, for no nostalgic, to hear your first pit cart. He said, I'm not that nostalgic. Yeah. So <laughs> I still have it. But anyhow, uh, Cherry's uh, husband, uh, what was his name in, in the NASCAR? Sammy. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to him last week, and, and so he was talking about all the guys that went down south. And he said, I was just married with a new baby. I, I couldn't go, but he said, and then he said something about and, and and about Danny, so the first pit cart he ever built, he built for us for uh, for uh, John uh, Gaunt. And I said, uh, well, I think the first pit cart that 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 I have the first pit cart, and it was Neil Fares. He said, that's right. He said Neil bought it from John. Uh, well, I didn't fun. know that part of the story. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> battling over who's got the well, first well, it pit was, cart. It, it was it was correct. Yeah, except I didn't realize that that. Uh, that Neil didn't buy it new; he bought it from John Gond. Right, yeah. and so ever so ever since then, you've been a team owner in the Pinty series. Well, uh, I yeah, it was Canadian Tire. I uh, and then uh, yeah, so NASCAR. So for drove, people who don't know, NASCAR came up and bought the Cascar series yeah. in two thousand and six. Uh, I think that's what yeah. six or seven, yeah. something like that. And uh, so uh, it was a Dodge car, car the Dodge engine, and. Uh, uh, so John uh, drove it once for me, then he hooked me up with Joey McComb. Okay. And uh, the, those guys didn't know what they were doing, but they were good workers mm. and uh, uh, really good workers. So then I bought a second car. I bought a road race car from Kennington. Yep. And that was an experience. And uh, uh, so then I had the two cars, and we ran I ran them for, and then, and then. Uh, how did it happen? I was going to have uh, Scott was going to drive my Scott. Then I was driving my car, 
I think that's how it happened. And, uh, and uh, no, maybe it was before that. Scott was driving the car, and I was keeping the car at the airport and, uh, and uh, the hangar. And uh, uh, Scott's wife didn't want him working on the car so much, and we were going to Mosport. Yep. And uh, I said to, to his mom, too, I said, he's never driven on a road car. We can't go to Mosport without him getting the car ready and whatever and so on. So, wow, he'll be okay. I said, no, he won't. So <laughs> I called Howie Scannell, Jr., and Howie picked the car up and worked on it for two days and went and uh, actually led a couple of laps hmm. in the car. But uh, So you were keeping the uh, the Canadian NASCAR. You were keeping it at the at the hangar? Well, I kept initially at, at my hangar in, 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 uh, in uh, Guelph. Okay. I had, I, had an, I had a good hangar in Guelph. And uh, so I kept the, kept the race car there, and then then like I say, we parked the car for years, and then uh, and then unbelievable. I I, I I I fly my airplane to a couple of different places to watch uh, Matthew Scannell drive drive the the uh, go kart. Okay. He'd never driven a car with a windshield. Didn't so we're gonna put him in my car. Yeah, and he's a young kid at this time. Yeah, and and he'd never driven a car. Yep. So, so the shop over here, just over here on Main Street, yep. uh, Kevin's shop, they they were working on the cars there, and uh, they put him in the car in in the old Cascar car, and the Fletcher car, and sh- showed him how to drive standard transmission. So then we go, to, and, and you've got to run a race before you run in the NASCAR race. You don't, as you know, yeah, you, you got to get, get a license. Yeah, you have to get approved. So we go to to uh, Mosport Oval, and uh, and uh, get practicing. He, he he did two mild spins in practice, but that's how you find out how far you can go. And he'd never driven a car at all, so he gets in the race and he's coming off four, and he got sideways. And he took his foot off the gas, and the car turned into the wall and stalled. But he didn't hit the wall, I don't think. Anyhow, a guy going by him hit the back end of the car and took the right side off the guy's car. The body's working everything. So after the race, Matthew said, I said, son of a, he said, I gotta go and say something to the guy. Matthew goes over to this guy and he says, I apologize for, for what happened to your car. And the guy, he says, look, kid. He said, I understand this is your first race ever. He said, that's right. He said, well, he said, you were running ahead of me and I've been racing for 10 years. Yeah. So you don't need to apologize for anything. Right. So then we... We took him to Mosport and I think uh, uh, Kawartha for the two races, and then the next year, where uh, we we go to Mosport. Like I say, you talk about guys with low seat time. He had no seat time. Yeah. So we go to Mosport again, and uh, um, I don't believe in tires in Mosport, and 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 the guy that finished third at Mosport a few weeks ago didn't change tires. Right? Yeah, no, we didn't. Uh, but we we had a we had a drive-through penalty. I know, I know. <laughs> so, so you finished third and didn't change tires. Yeah. There's so there's part of this story that's going to be a little bit whatever when we get to it. Okay. But uh, so so I, I convinced them that as soon as you know you got enough, uh, gone far enough for fuel, get fuel. Yeah. So they went and they got fuel. So you're talking about the uh, the most poor race that just yeah. happened. No, no, I'm talking about about. Uh, when Matthew was driving the car okay. years ago, yep. So, uh, with almost no seat time, got it. So, 
So uh, this is his second race there, though. He doesn't run like now. He'd run three or four races in a in a race car. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, so he and actually he ran the the old car at. Uh, at uh, another track with the sports and series was was fifth quick and qualifying but anyhow uh, so we get our fuel we don't have to stop everybody stops we ended up late in the race 16 laps to go and we had a 32 second lead 23 second lead on the field right with 16 to go because the everyone had taken tires every, but you every, every, yeah and and uh and Matthew was very smooth. I don't know how because he had no experience. So we, uh, uh, so I just said, stay smooth. And and then then uh, uh, the fastest car. We weren't the fastest car. We were maybe tenth fastest. Well, maybe not. At the end, we were good. So uh, so uh, I said, okay. Uh, uh, Steckley was the fastest car. I said, okay. He gained a second and a quarter that lap. So then the next lap, he 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 gained he gained a tenth that lap so just stay smooth he's not going to catch you yeah. and if he did we you know whatever so the car went off the track and way off the track something quit on the car and to to as old bill france would say we were screwing up the show that wasn't mm -hmm. quite the word he used but uh yeah uh anyhow by having such a big lead so they brought a caution out so so on the so on the restart matthew is first and scott second so, so they start, and then Matthew's on the outside. Scott beat him into two, so that put Matthew on the outside. So he stayed there. He, he ran second or third for two laps or three laps, and then he got spun. And uh, and uh, the guy that spun him said, well, you were running on old tires. Well, so what? And anyhow, so he, he didn't hit anything, and he finished ninth. And you know who the guy was that spun him. Was it me? I'm sitting across oh, from him. Oh boy! Where did, I don't even remember that. Oh. And you won the race. We won the race. But and you were, I think, yeah, you were second or third. And yeah. the guys, the two guys, screwed up on the last turn of the last lap. Yeah, yeah. And you got through and won the race. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Got handed to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. geez, yeah. I don't remember. I don't. I didn't have damage, so I must have not hit him that hard. Well, just enough to turn turn in in. Uh, I I forget where it was. I think I think it was in. Uh, Maybe maybe on the last turn, maybe I'm not sure. I don't remember where it was. And oh, it's coming back to me now. Yeah, yeah. It was corner nine. Was it? Yeah, yeah I yeah. got on the inside of corner nine. Yeah, wasn't expecting it. We collided. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, door to it is close to door to door. I think it was nose to door like this. You're trying to make excuse. Well, I'll now. take the blame now. It's been uh, seven years or we've so. We've got we've got over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Matthew yeah. did do it. He went to the went to the victory lane and he was pointing his finger at you. Oh, I didn't see him. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. But that was that was uh, luckily we still finished ninth. But uh, but and he wouldn't have well with that restart he wouldn't have won. He, he might have finished in the top a, five. Yeah, had a good finish. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, 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 it was it was uh, it was uh, our our deal with 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 Howie Jr. ended up very unpleasantly. But I but when I was inducted into the Hall of Fame and I said about all the different people I had their first rides and Mike and so on. Yeah. And those and I said uh, I said. The one guy not with low seat time, zero seat time, and I mentioned Matthew. Yeah. And they all came up. First time I've spoken to them forever. Right. They, they came up and and thanked me for it. I said, hey, I, I have no problem with Matthew. And yeah. uh, so now, now, and you've given a lot of guys their first kind yeah, of opportunity yeah, at the Pinty Series now with Sam Fellows. Getting well, into the yeah, series. that 
uh, I'll, I'll go there and then I'll go back. Uh, so uh, I've been a friend of Carrie Agatini and the Agatini family forever. I was at the the, the uh, 52 Indy 500 race, and they won the race. And sorry, you're friends of who? Carrie Agatinian. Okay. And uh, the, the Agatinian car won the 52 race with Troy Rotman uh, with a dirt track car, actually, which was not uncommon in those days, and a white car with red flames, number 98. So the victory celebration was down in turn one. So I got I'm 19 years old. I got to get in the garage area. So yep. so we had they had to push the car back from turn one into the garage. So they're not going to stop the car to check credentials. So I helped push the car. And mm-hmm. as we got to the Agatinian garage, I just very slowly walked, and then I walked into the Ferrari garage. And I put a Canadian penny in the frame tube of the of the Formula One Ferrari that was there by the Ferrari factory team. And I thought someday they're going to tip the car. It's going to fall out. And they're going to wonder where it came from. <laughs> so then 60 years later, I'm going to go back and forth there. 60 years later, I'm a lap donor. The lap donors at Indy, they used to be $100. It's $500. Now I think it's more than that since Rogers got it. And and you put five hundred dollars, and and you get a number, and whatever that lap number is, the the person that's the driver that's leading that race gets your five hundred dollars. Oh, okay. So sixty years later, so they have a parade of the old Indy of old car Indy cars, and in it is a restored '98 that won the race, still white with red flames, yep. and so on. So. My son was with me. He took pictures of it. We have no, uh, no, I couldn't find any pictures from the track in 52. But anyhow, he took pictures of me helping now because the, all the lap donors are down in turn one, which used to be the victory area, pushing the cars back into the garage. So there I am again, the same car, the same pusher, 60 years later, the car looking as beautiful as it did in 1952, the pusher not so much. <laughs> uh, that's the way that's I good. phrase it. That's but, good. But, and then Carrie, uh, they had a story in a magazine called Speed Age in 51 about the Agatinian family and showed a picture of the family, and Carrie's there in a scout uniform. And, uh, and, uh, and Carrie, by the way, he's a business manager for, or was, I think, for Tony Stewart and for a lot of different people. Okay. And uh, I think he was involved in the, in the switch when, when Kyle went from uh, uh, the Chevrolet to Toyota. And uh, anyhow, he's 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 they're very big people, and and he's a partners with with uh, Mike Curb. Mike Curb has sponsored cars, and it, apparently he doesn't go to races much, but he's sponsored cars. Uh, uh, anytime you see a, a car or truck today in the top three series, if it's number ninety eight, it'll be Curb, okay. probably. Yep. And uh, and uh, uh, and and it'll show if you if you read it shows he as the owner. So in my car now, Mike Curb is the owner. Ah. And, but anyhow, uh, uh, Carrie said, he, he said, I talked to Mike about it. He said, he's never, Mike Curry said, he's never dealt outside of the United States. He was the lieutenant governor, uh, lieutenant general for the state of California when Reagan was in power. Really? And he was also had a group called the Curb Congregation. He's a big-time uh, manager now for music people in, in uh Western music, right? So uh, Herb Records, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, but he's never. And if you saw the car, the 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 rookie of the year in whatever it was, '69 uh, uh, with uh, D- Dale Earnhardt, uh, 
the number two car, Curb Records, on the quarter panel. Really? Uh, if you see the picture of Richard Petty's uh, car going down the backstretch at Daytona and the president's plane landing in that mm -hmm. same picture, Curb Records on the car. Huh. The last two races that Richard won were Curb Records. It was a Curb Records car. So Carrie said, you know, he's, he's, I've talked to him for years about, about you so and your history and so on. And uh, so we had the car. I, 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 okay, so I had the white car. We, we had the 98, I put the 98 on it. And Pam went out with some vinyl and put some red flames on it. And I took a picture of it and sent it to Carrie. Carrie said, as soon as Mike Kerb saw that picture, he said, okay, let's do a deal outside of the United States. So he's been a, the best sponsor I've ever had. Nothing like uh, other people have, but still by far the best I've ever had. Right. By double or triple, whatever. Yeah. And anyhow, but not not enough, but to, to not nearly enough. But anyhow, <laughs> so uh, it's never enough. Well, yeah, probably. Like I said, if it, when I was running with no sponsor, I wouldn't mind spending twenty five, thirty thousand of my own money. Sure. If somebody was sp spending. But the one I had, they they gave me you know uh, fifty thousand. I don't mind spending thirty of my own along with theirs. Right. I don't like spending all of my own and nobody contributing. Yeah. You know. You know. I think your dad's probably the same way. And you, oh sure, that guy. That's yeah. the toughest guy to get you to sponsor you. Uh -huh. <laughs> that's difficult to get him to sponsor you. <laughs> well, I, but, oh, your dad sponsored <laughs> you. Oh, it's difficult. He sponsored me all through go karts, and that's it. So. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I still owe him. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a debt will never could never be repaid. Yeah. So, I got hooked up with, uh, with, uh, and you have to have the driver approved by, by curb by his lawyer in California. Okay. So. Uh, uh, so I had I didn't have anything going, so I promised uh, a girl out west a race. So she came and I got her approved, and she came and uh, ran Sunset, ran the it was the, the double headers. Man, we were on the double headers yep. last year. So then I got I got uh, Sam then approved because of Ron really, mm. and. Uh, uh, but you had to have, as you know, you have to be approved by NASCAR as a driver. Right. Well, he'd done a lot of stuff, sort of racing, but not really kind of racing at most part. Yeah. And, and people who don't know Sam Fellows, Ron Fellows' son. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I bought a sportsman car and, uh, and uh, put Sam in it for a race. And, that, and then, and then I, I, so then I... Uh, I know the guy that approves the drivers. I talked to him and told him, so now he's approved to run oval track. So uh, we ran the other eight races. The devil had finished every race. Didn't have a DNF. Yep. Now, except that when you when you looked at him, and you'd think, oh, we got a, you know, we, we must have a 16th place car or something. No, we didn't. We had a 16th place driver mm. that never wrecked. Right. And so then. Oh, the car, they must be getting better. The car, you know, you got a 12th, 14th place car. No, the driver's getting experience. Yep. This year, we had a top 10 car. Right. And uh, and and uh, uh, the last race, uh, and and we've upgraded the car. So the, the car is not the same, but it, you know, as you know, you, you make them better all the time. And uh, um, he qualified mid-pack because he's not a guy that's going to – I don't know if you are either, but Fletcher certainly wasn't a guy that's going to put on a gung-ho lap for what reason. Right. You know, the, the, when, when Fletcher drove the car, and when Sam, uh, 
uh, when Malcolm drove the cars, when Malcolm was a superb road racer, uh, Malcolm was gone. Um, they run, they run whatever qualifying speed you run at. You're going to run faster probably in the race. Right. Well, I, I think you do that too, don't you? Well, to some tracks, I mean, I, you, I think you try and really put it on the line on the tracks that you can. You know, like Mosport and yeah. and uh, the the Toronto Indy, I think is pretty important to qualify well. Yeah, yeah, because of the so-called track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's tough to pass. So, uh, so he qualified. I think well, they had what the 27 cars. I think he was. 14th or 16th, somewhere in through there. He was on the outside anyhow. Yeah. And, the, and so we start the race. And uh, I don't know, you didn't qualify that well. At some, no, it was terrible, the last qualifying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so uh, he uh, he's on the outside. Everybody you know, trying to get to the inside. He stayed on the outside. He passed three or four cars, including Alex Labay. Yeah. Now, Joel said, well, maybe Alex wasn't running good. No, Alex was running fine. He finished sixth in the race. Yep. Uh, but he was running great on the outside. And then, uh, and then there was a, a caution, and, uh, and he did what he does almost every race. He bumped the car in front of him, and he costs us a, a nose every race. You know how easy it is to destroy a nose. Oh, really easy. But, but what it did, though, I think they think the, the bar across the back of the car he hit was too low or something. It went underneath some, or something. Anyhow, it, it hit the shroud. And it buckled the shroud. It it flipped it double, and then up against the radiator. Uh, so overheating. So then it overheated, yeah. and, that, and that we were the first car out of the race. Right. And, and so it doesn't tell how. It was very uh, very unfortunate. For, but uh, so, but at, at most part, uh, I've got in my truck. I've got a picture of three wide at the finish for ninth, tenth, and eleventh. Oh right, and, that was this yeah, year. Yeah. And, and we were ninth. Yeah. 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 And yep. uh, actually, in the first boat, in the last, the only, the first DNF we had this year, we had three, unfortunately, but the first one was of all places that most part. I think he was revving the uh, engine up uh, in the in the rain before the race. I think he got a, a maybe a, I th- maybe he got a wheel in the water and it spun in a broken axle. Yeah. I think that's how it, how it broke the axle, but who knows? Yeah, anyhow, they can, well, they can break. Anyhow. So I want, I want to go to kind of an, an overview of the whole thing. You know, you've been involved in NASCAR specifically for a huge number of years. What, what in your eyes has been the biggest change, I guess, from you've been a team owner for, for a number of years as, as far as team owners and kind of how people approach the sport? Well, when I first came into it, you could, you could do whatever you wanted to do. You didn't have to have any money. You could, you could run. You could do whatever. And then many, many years later, they had... Uh, the expression start and park mm-hmm. and guys that guys would would come out and just uh uh you know get a car and and they didn't have there were no uh, the word i don't like junk cars mm. anymore and even the guys that run at the back they're good cars yeah and uh i mean the team from from uh from denver they did start and park and then they got a bit of sponsor they started running a few races oh, uh, furniture row furniture row yeah and then then, then the next year, they at the first of the year. If you're if the first five races, it's the t- the cars that are in the top thirty five. I think it was the year before, and then after that, that the, the maybe thirty or thirty five, and so they then they ran the first five and they were in the top. So now they got a guaranteed starting spot. Mm-hmm. The, since this scam deal from that Bud whatever his name is came out with this uh, this club they got now. 
you could get it, you could be not a franchisee and, and win every race and you're still not a friend you, you still don't get the tv money you don't get the same they don't publish the purse anymore so so if you really want to try to get anywhere in nascar now it takes probably takes millions of dollars mm. whereas before even 20 years ago you could start out with little and uh and work your way into it you can't anymore right because that's how a lot of guys did it it was funny oh yeah like uh talking to bobby labani the other week and you know i said he built his own bush team and and won the championship in yeah. the bush series and i said was your hope to you know really get the exposure and then get picked up as a driver and he said well you know you look at it you look at Jarrett, you look at earnhardt they ran their own cars yeah you know, they did in, in bush yeah. yeah 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 so you know it wasn't uh that you were just trying to get noticed and get a ride it was you could build a team and do it your, do that's yourself that's right got a sponsorship yeah 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 and uh um uh, actually uh, uh when uh um oh what's his name his son's driving now in, in the in the uh xfinity series um uh, uh Oh, I'll remember his name in a minute. He sponsored by selling T-shirts at the track. Really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. He did to make some money. You're not thinking of Nemechek, are you? No, no. Okay. Although I know Nemechek's pretty well. Yeah. I know Martha, the, the mother. She and I are good friends. Yeah. I'll tell you the nice thing about the Nemechek. You know, I always have stories about everybody. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Martha and I are good friends. And she came to me and she said, would would you go out, to, go to the short track tonight uh, 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 John Hunter is racing. It's his, his, his first time he's raced late models, and uh, he's racing out there. And would you go out? It'd be nice if you could go out and see him, watch him. I said, sure, okay. And I guess he heard us talking or so. I don't know. Maybe he didn't. Anyhow, I went out there, and after the race, and he's only like 16 or something, he turns to his grandmother and he says, isn't that isn't it nice that that man came out to see me race? I, I thought that was pretty nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you know why he's called John Hunter? No. Well, his uncle John was killed. Well, he 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 got a wreck at at uh, uh, um, uh, the last racetrack of the year he used to be in Florida, and uh, unfortunately he lived for a week or two afterwards, and uh, and apparently. Uh, uh, I thought he, I thought that Earnhardt was a disgrace on the racetrack, but off the racetrack, apparently he's pretty good. He gave Nemechek his airplane to use to go back and forth from to Florida from North Carolina, where they were. Well, while John was hopefully going to recover, which he did not, mm. so they named him John Hunter. So they don't call him John Nemechek because that's why he's called John Hunter. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you're still are you still flying? I haven't flown for a couple of months. I've been too too many things on the go. Every day I think I'm going to go today, and I just never got to it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we had and a story, story there, too. A few weeks ago, I went and got my medical, yeah. my aviation medical. And uh, my, my aviation medical doctor, he says, I'm about eight, this guy, 88. And I said, well, Phil, I'm 89. You know, he says, yeah, that's right. He said, you're the oldest licensed pilot in Canada. And I said, in, or an oldest licensed pilot. And I said, you mean in Ontario? He said, no, I mean in Canada. Really? Well, I don't know how he would know that. But anyhow, I said that to somebody, and they said that to to uh, Adam Ross. 
and on the, and the race is on, he's talking about the 98 car, and he said, yeah, and it's owned by Jim Bray, who's the oldest licensed pilot in Canada. I didn't say I was. I said that my doctor said I was. <laughs> well, now you're going to get, if, if there is someone that's a year older, said, they're going to reach out to you. <laughs> that's what I, I said. I would feel a little uncomfortable in a way, I feel badly for some guy that's 91 years old and is still licensed, and say, and watch, happen to be watching a race on TSN, and say, that's not true. Yeah. But... That, that guy's lying. Well, I wasn't lying. I didn't say it. I said I was told. Right. You know, but it is pretty neat to be almost 90 and still licensed to fly. Yeah, so no plans of shutting that down anytime soon? No, every once in a while I think of, because I haven't flown for the last couple of months, and yet it sounds kind of silly in a way, but I'm almost tempted to take somebody with me because I haven't flown for two or three months. Right. But, uh, why not? Yeah, but, probably but, not a bad idea. But, you know, uh, you know the old expression about old pilots and bold pilots and no old bold pilots, but and that's why I'm concerned about your dad. Because, why is that? Because he's just learning to fly, yep. and I, and I'm guessing that the airplane he's got, he's going to use it to to travel in in business. Yep. And uh, uh, I hope he takes a, a a commercial pilot with him all the well, time. Well, he doesn't have his he doesn't have his full license yet. So Even when he gets his license, that's the yeah. scary part. Is the most dangerous pilot is one with a hundred hours and a license. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I remember being at Guelph one time and this guy took off and I heard him on the radio and he was leaving the circuit and he announced he'd leave and so on and then I saw him a month or so later and I said I said boy it was sure nice to hear the way you were on the radio doing everything properly mm. and uh, while he said. I don't have enough hours to cut corners. He had about 30,000 hours with Air Canada. Wow. But, he, but the guys that cut corners are the guys with a couple of hundred hours. Yeah. And so I, I, hope your dad, I hope your dad takes a pilot with him long before he needs to. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What, uh, what gives you so much energy and keeps you going you well, know, the as way far I, as the racing and I've, all your endeavors. I've been asked that question a few times lately, and I say, I've never smoked, I hardly, and I hardly drink. Mm. So, well, that's only two. What's the third? I said, luck. <laughs> yeah, that's a component in everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that I think that's a, that's a really good answer because I think, you know, I think people discount so much of maybe they do, maybe they don't. So much of what we put into our bodies, you know, it's what it's what we're made out of. You know, yeah, what, yeah, what I guess, food we yeah, eat. Yeah. And, and I, I've, I've had a 34-inch waist for 50 years, mm. and I've weighed a hun- from 160 to 170 for the same length of time. I'm right. about 160 right now. Right. But, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Do you drink coffee? Not much. Okay. I've been drinking it lately because I, I go to, sometimes we call it the kindergarten or the university, uh, the guys that meet at Timmy's in, in Canesville, uh, they're in the mornings. I don't get up that early. And then in the afternoon from about 4 till 4.30. And I say, I don't know I'm there for the education or the entertainment. Hmm. But I did learn a lot. But And, and I'll have a, co- a small coffee then. Right. So I might have I might have uh, two or three cough, small coffees a week, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I used to, I went for years with none, like 50 years without any. Right. But... Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I uh, but I keep. I, I think probably a lot of it is being 
mentally active when you're running a business even though it's not that big i i still sell a couple of hundred trailers a year yep. 100 100 trailers 150 200 and i and so i'm still mentally that way and the airplane and the uh, uh the race team and so the, the other day i'm i'm driving out and i'm coming along the lake shore or along the queen elizabeth and i'm thinking there's a guy that i knew that we worked for Fruhoff, and then he went into the trailer and truck business. And he's, and I think he's, I wonder if he still has a place down there. And I'm driving on, and then I look, and I see kid, kid, K I D, kid. So then I said, Oh, Ken I Dwighty, that was the guy's name. And then I think, I'd thought about him forever. That's not bad, not a bad memory. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. I think that's a great answer to, yeah. to stay mentally. Yeah. So I, like active. I say to Pam, I have a, my third wife's very young. She's only, 61 but uh, uh i said so I, I i'm i'm not i'm not with it i'm not getting it she said okay say it okay fga81bhq26065 that's the serial number of, a, of the only new highway tractor i bought in 1953 <laughs> <laughs> so he said she said you can remember that you're okay yep so that's the little code say that, it <laughs> yeah yeah can i still remember the serial number of that truck Wow. Yeah. Huh. So, well, uh, I, I appreciate you coming on now, and having the, the conversation. Now, now good. And historically, we, we missed some of the stuff and some of the drivers, of course, like, yeah. including Malcolm Strawn, who's doing. If I, if, if I could, if he could get sponsorship again, I'd run him. He's a superb. Oh, great, he's, yeah, great, great, great guy, great, great driver. Great guy, yeah. and a great, great yeah. driver. Yeah. But did your dad start in business around the corner? So he started oh, in business. Oh, this way. Yeah. He no. He well. He started in business out of his driveway just oh. when he was young, in Etobicoke. Oh yeah. Just fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, working yeah. on a car. So you know who else did that? Roger Penske. <laughs> right. A lot of guys did. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Well, I'm talking about successful guys. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, and then he, he his first shop. I think he was probably 21, and I know this because I just did a podcast with him and interviewed oh. him. Uh, he's. 20 maybe 21 or so or 20 and uh rent, rented a spot um i think you're getting a phone call there that's fine yeah <laughs> rented a spot by uh toronto airport oh so a little 2000 square foot shop oh yeah and then he ran out of space there and in yeah. 91 he built on the fourth line just one line over around the corner on the fourth line in james snow parkway yeah well was there another guy involved with him no well, seems to me I sold a guy. I, I, I took a race car in on trade on a trailer, and I ran it once, I think, and then it had a, then a, it had a 327, 350 horse, I think, engine or something, and uh, the engine was apart, and I sold it to a guy over there. I wondered if it was your dad. Maybe it was Neely. Was it Rob Neely? No, it wasn't Rob. Oh, no, okay. no, huh. no. But this this place was on the... West side of the road, whatever road that was. Yeah, no, so he was on the east side. Was he? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Near Neely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. just north of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so then... Because the guy was dealing in in Mustangs and Camaros and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, he was he was the our neighbor who lived across the road growing up. He was a car dealer. Oh, yeah. oh. Yeah. yeah. That I would be the guy then. I yeah. can't remember his name, but uh, I'm not good on names. Yeah. But uh, Roger Penske's unbelievable on names. Mm. But, uh, um, yeah, so, you know, anybody can can be successful if they've been 
given a bunch of money at the start or something, but I always had the impression that your dad started from from nothing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. S- same as Roger did. He'd buy a car, fix it up, and sell it out of his driveway. Right. Same, and, uh, same kind of a deal. Yeah, well, he's doing it on quite the scale, Mr. Penske. Uh, well... Comparatively speaking, your dad's scale's pretty good. Your your dad and your dad's scale, your scale's pretty good too. Working on it. We don't have those chrome wheels yet on the haulers. Uh, no. <laughs> I uh, uh, and, and and when I saw like the 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 cars that you're selling now, the uh, um, the Cobras, the, yep. the, the you get the odd original one, eh? All of them. Oh, oh, they're not the oh well. And I'm uh, I'm told that the left side and the right side. On the original ones, aren't exactly the same length. So if if they're if they are, you, it's, it's not right. And there was a guy that was a superb body man, that a panel beater from England, okay. that worked his first job when he was learning how to how was building fenders for AC. Really? Okay. Yeah. And yeah. that's who told you. Uh, somebody told me that that okay. they're about an inch difference in length. Interesting. Because where whereas the mold, the molded cars are perfect. Right. But right. The, all the but replicas. But the the uh, the real if the if the real car if it's not perfect it's it's you know it's a real car. Right. Well, I wouldn't say that. There's there's a there's a couple telltale signs, but yeah, that's interesting. I gotta. I'm not the resident Cobra historian. It'd be my brother, so I'll ask him. I'll ask I, him I, about that. They had a race in sixty. Two, I think, uh, at Daytona, a road course, but the road course went differently, and it went down the pit road and in behind what used to be the Goodyear building, and and there was and the car that won the race, I think, was a '98 Cobra. Okay. And uh, green, I think, it was color maybe. It was, it was number '98 Cobra. And I thought it was yeah. number '98, but it was a different track. Went the other way, and I thought at the time, how can a car with a 289 mm. in it beat the the Corvettes with a 327. It yeah. can't be. Just but they did. Lightweight Because they were car. lighter. Yeah. 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 And, the, and then, you know, they lived longer. And, like, the cars lived because they, you, you were less hard on the on the brakes, on the, all, oh, the, yeah. all the components. Well, they were, they were and, and not taking anything away from them, but they were, you'd, you'd never known a way, but they were amateur drivers. In other words, they didn't get paid. Yep. So, uh so they they go. I'll, I'll tell you, um, Ron Fellows is not happy with with our series. There's too much body work, mm. the damage. You know, wrecking, although Sam gets the odd tire mark on the side of his car too. I don't know if you've ever raced against him much at all on the racetrack, but uh, not a whole th- time really. But yeah. he's he's never wrecked, and but he but he does use up noses, but that doesn't take much. Yeah. Hardly anything, just a little tap. Yeah. And you got a thousand dollar nose to, to replace. Oh yeah. It's not, it's not cheap when you start tearing up the cars and yeah. I mean, 300 laps on a little short track, you're yeah. going to, you're going to touch at some point. Yeah. 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 Hey, unless you're Kyle Steckley. Yeah. Unless, or if you're, yeah, just right out front. Well, no, Kyle Steckley, the Saturday night race. Yeah. Uh, the arc, uh, and I'm a real Kyle fan. He, I, I sponsored him at his first year in, in mini stocks th- two year, three years ago. He ran the whole year, never put a body panel on. Wow. And uh, so I said, I and he seen, he's such a nice kid. I said, okay, I'm going to give you fifty dollars for every top three you finish in the feature. I didn't know there were two features every night at Flamborough. <laughs> anyhow, but anyhow, paying good money, Scott. Uh, uh, Kyle started. He had electrical problems, so he couldn't time trial for the for the APC race on yep. Saturday night. So he they got it running. He started 29th. 
and he finished fourth, not a mark on the car. That's a good run. And, and he's going to be on our series. Full-time next year. Uh, uh, hopefully. Hopefully, ho- yeah. Hopefully, yeah. 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 No, he, he Guys should be like there for like yourself sure. and Kyle and, and Trayton, uh, uh, it's the future of the series, really. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we hope we can make it, you know, f- make sense financially. and. Uh, well, I don't know how the only do that is to get f- good sponsors. a few hundred thousand dollars of the sponsors. It's true. It's who's, true. New, who's New Tech Wood? Uh, New Tech Wood, uh, they are a company. Um, well, so we we had uh, the CEO come out uh, out at Three Rivers. Oh, you did good. Yeah, so they enjoyed it, and uh, they do applications. Really, call it decks, siding of houses. Oh yeah, uh, all that stuff. Yeah. So, How'd you do it at Three Rivier? Uh, man, we were running uh, running third there that whole green flag stint, and on the restart, Ranger. And I got together and we cut the right front tire down. We we were running fourth. Right, you were behind us. But yeah. all, all day. Yep. It seemed like all day. It was all day. Well, what happened was the car that won the race put him into the tire barrier like in the early race. We went from ninth to 24th. And then we got back. Uh, we got back up. And then we did the, the, the fuel deal and yep. ended up fourth. Yep. So we ran like behind you all day. Yep. And then uh, Ranger finally got by him. Yep. And, uh, and then... Uh, um, uh, uh, what I understood happened when the was you and did you and Ranger get mixed up? Yep. And Ranger lost his temper, and on the restart he wasn't gonna. This is what what I feel. He wasn't going to spend another whatever number of laps trying to catch uh, 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 Sam and get by him. So he ran. He drove Sam and spun ran, Sam. So Sam went from fourth to to a fourth or fifth to uh 18th oh. and then he got back to 13th and the green white checker he's 13th and a green white checker and ended up sixth wow so he was as good as the guy that won the race uh oh yeah 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 Gannett. yeah you, you were probably better than the guy the, well, than him. I, th- I thought so in my mind anyways well, yeah it, it's circumstances yeah the guys that were better yep. wrecked themselves yep. or, or each other yep. you know so so uh, it was it was but we went from 13th to 6th that's a good in deal in two laps that's the best finish this year then right uh, best finish ever wow yeah 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 the best finish he had oh and then and then we ran ninth at at, at most parts so we had two top 10s which as you know a top 10 now is like a top 3 or 4 or 5 a few years ago yeah i mean it it's a super competitive yeah, series yeah. so you did it with as I say, you don't need to change tires, and you did it with a Panhard bar. Uh, yep, yep, exactly. <laughs> Fletcher exactly. and I don't agree about that. I say watch linkage is the way to go. Right, he I says see what Panhard you're saying. Bar. Yeah, no, we didn't take tires. I mean, I I would have liked to. I think. I you don't think, know. I don't. I think it only makes a difference for a f- very few laps. Mind yeah. you, if you take them at the end of the race, yeah. Yeah, I think the good years it made sense though. I think the good years you needed to take tires. Oh, you think there's a difference? Yeah, eh? big oh, is difference, that right? I think. Oh, yeah. Oh. I think now you can get away with it, um, but compared to you know it's it is only a few laps, but it's it's a second and a half new tires for, for that for that one or two laps for one or two laps yeah yeah, yeah which it, in a yeah. certain spot will be a big difference yeah I mean a couple of tenths is a lot in our series now it's a great series isn't it it's awesome twenty seven cars of the last race I think where we have thirty car fields next year I think Tony's gonna gonna change the attitude of a lot of people yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I hope uh, 
I thought I hope we're all on a, a you know a level playing field and and uh, well, yes a level playing field. Yeah. Are you talking about the cheaters versus non-cheaters? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Being politically correct, <laughs> I, I never have been. But uh, um, uh, at, at the dirt track, uh, uh, Robin was in the in the in the grandstand, and she was there was a bunch of dirt people sitting in front of her and. Uh, and uh, uh, Robin Graham, and uh, she said they were saying, oh, she's, we paid for it, so we might as well stay, but this is going to be a joke, these guys. They're going to be following the leader and, and cautions every five laps and so on, but uh, we might as well stay anyhow. So I said, what did they say after the race? They said, uh, she said they weren't sitting, they were standing at the last <laughs> 10 laps, and she said the, the, they'll be back. Oh, so yeah. I think that race... Uh, I I was questioning it. Who everybody was, mm -hmm. but uh, I think that it was good for the dirt track people because the people that follow our races that went to that race saw what sprint car racing is like. Yep. And the people that go for the sprint car saw what our races are like. So I think it's it's good for both. I th I think. No, I agree. I agree that you know it's it's fun to show up to a track that it's a wild card. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Uh, same with Newfoundland. And that's what I love so much about uh, about the Toronto Indy race. Even even though that it's a you know a difficult, demanding track, no one gets to test there. No, there's no that's practice right. there. Yeah, yeah. You just show up and and wheel it. That's, so yeah, yeah. Um, we have one of the best series. That you know the NASCAR Pinty series is one of the best series in the world. Well, Some in the world, competitive yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, certainly the best in Canada, and uh, so the guys come up from down south, the hot shots and. They're, they're okay. Yeah. No, and it's tough to jump into any any series. Yeah. You know, there's guy. You try and race against you know a guy like DJ Kennington at Delaware. Yeah. Who's had oh yeah. A bazillion laps. And you know, runner. and DJ, yeah. when you think about, it, you don't think of it until somebody mentions it that he seldom wrecks. He drives the car like he has to fix it. Yep. He drives hard enough, but he still. Oh you know, yeah. 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 The one year time out west, and, and he and Matthew ran side by side for a number of laps, never touched. And after the race, he, he came to Matthew. That was great race, and he said, we never touched. Of course, he said, I'm running a Dodge engine. And Matthew says, well, I'm running one of your old Dodge engines. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. But, uh, yeah, DJ doesn't, doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, wreck much. No. And the guy that is the national champion, he doesn't wreck much either. He wrecks people a lot, but he doesn't wreck much himself. <laughs> yep. Well, that's the only way to win a championship. Uh, no, it's not. No, no, I mean not wrecking. You can't wreck. Not wrecking, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, can't, you yeah. can't finish. You can't have any DNFs if you're going to win the championship. Yeah, or, or... yeah. like Dumoulin, uh, he had an off year this year, but last year he finished on the lead lap in every race. Yep. Uh, that's that's the way to do it. Almost impossible to do in yeah. every race. Yeah. You know. So, uh, yeah, he was. But, yeah, it, it's a great, uh, yeah, I think they need to clean up the rules, the enforcement some, and the driving uh, enforcement some, and but just that's just minor stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think Tony will be good for the series. No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's such a positive guy. Yeah, we're looking forward to being back next year, so. And I'm sure I, you are as well. I expect to, yep. yeah. I, and I hope I get curbed back again. And when do you turn 90? Oh, not till February. Okay. <laughs> so you'll be 90 for next season then. Oh, yeah. Next season Good. I'll be a 90-year-old car owner. Will you be the oldest uh, NASCAR team owner? I think I am. Okay. I, I don't... I, active, there may be... I don't know. Some, at one time... Now, Glenn's dead now, but at one time Glenn Wood was the 
car owner, yeah. but he wasn't active. Right. You know, he wasn't. Uh, he he wasn't. He was going to the races a bit, but he wasn't really active. Well, I'm. I don't work on the car either. But uh, well, you're active at the track. I'm, I see you running around. I'm pretty active. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate you coming out okay. and spending the time I, to sit was, down. There was other stuff we could have touched on, but I think oh, we did no, no. a lot. We'll do, we'll do more. We'll do one next year. <laughs> How about that? I don't plan that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Okay, thanks for having me. All right. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, give it a rating and share it with some friends. Thanks. See you guys next week.